and welcome back for another episode of the Accessible Technology Podcast with me, Phoebe Slough. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is basically a podcast where you get to hear all about the everyday technology that is accessible for disabled people as well as learning what technology is less accessible if you are someone with a disability and where you can also get details on how technology companies can keep on making their technology even more accessible if that is something that you are into and if accessibility is something that you really care about developing more for. This is something that I have had an interest in for a very long time since I am paralysed from the neck down. And in case you don't know what that means, it basically means that I can't move anything other than my head and therefore my only way of using technology is with a chopstick or a stylus in my mouth although there are other ways that can help people with limited movement to use modern day technology as well including voice control so yeah that's why this podcast is really set up in the way that it is but before I get fully into this episode, I would just like to say a massive thank you as well to everyone who has started listening to this podcast and help my analytics reach up to 250 downloads and 60 downloads over the weekend. As this has helped land the Accessible Technology Podcast into the charts on Apple Podcasts. So really, super thanks for giving the podcast your time. And I hope it continues to help you learn even more and that it does help you in various ways. So yeah. If you know of anyone else who would like to learn more about everyday accessible technology, you can follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music and Audible, on Google Podcasts and on Spotify. But I'll give you more links as to where else you can find everything that I cover online as well by the end of the episode. In this episode, however, I'm going to be telling you about a customised DSi that I have been trying recently. However... Since there have been a lot of games that I've wanted to try out over the years that I didn't get to play with as a child due to my disability, this isn't going to be the only episode covering my customised DSi 
and it's only part one of my review of it as there's so much more that I would like to play around with with it but for that reason another one will be coming out later on but yeah this is basically part one of it but as always here's a couple of additional notes about some of the devices I used in the episode and how I went about getting them made as well about the games that I've been trying on it and about the history of the Nintendo DS systems as well just to give everyone who was also a 2000s child a throwback to the past. So Nintendo first released the DS back in 2005 and released the DSi back in 2008 which was the first Nintendo DS to include a camera before even smartphones got that capability so while it wasn't the best definition really impressive but it was also the first to include an audio player function and was the second to get a Nintendo web browser which allowed you to connect to the internet. However, while these were all important firsts for it, they did have a couple of things which it lost as well which included that it was the first Nintendo DS to lose the Game Boy Advance slots which allowed gamers to play Game Boy games on a DS, although you could hack one today, although I wouldn't necessarily advise that if you're not even running. But yeah, that was disappointing for a lot of people. However, while the DSi and all the other DS consoles were groundbreaking for the time, there was still one downside for a couple of the games that the DS and other models of the DS had, depending on whether or not you were disabled or not. And that was that when it came to the games, not all of them were accessible, which is something that was really annoying for me as a child. Nevertheless, that was only until I contacted Special Effects recently and Barry Ellis from OneSwitch to create a customised DSi for me but I wanted to revisit some Nintendo games and see if there was anything I missed out on as a child and if I would be able to follow them better as an adult and luckily they were able to help me out a lot so basically 
Hi, Destia. Sorry that I am telling you her voice today has been customised. Is that it has an external switch and the face plugged into the stylus port or hard wired into it? As I was told, and that basically has plugs that I can plug external switches into so that it works as the L and R buttons at the back since those were the buttons that I could never reach. But now let me jump straight into part one of my review and I'll tell you all about how accessible these games that I tried out in part one of my review were for me and yeah hope you enjoy it and understand enough of this as I go along. So the first game that we're starting off with is Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. So the control use the stylus to play this event. So that's accessible. That might be slightly harder, but we will see. Maybe I can do that by just tapping my stylus along the side. Sliding left and right on the touch screen. Right. Okay. I decided to play this again. Okay. Proceed. And I'm playing as Yoshi. This is my first time doing this, so let's see how I do. Probably not that well, but we'll see. Try that again. Right, so it's been a couple of days since I was last on the Customized CS and the last time I was on it I did describe Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games as quite accessible. That was before I discovered that you had to use the L and R button for certain games in the game. But now that I have a switch plugged into the L and R port. We're going to just see how well I can do everything now. Let's get into it. Single power. Single mark. 
and let's try shooting. And Mario haven't too long not been able to play him. So let's see how well I can do this. Use the stylus and buttons to play this event. Touch the touch screen to call the target. When you call, the event will start and target will be launched in the air. You can also press the A button or speak towards the microphone instead. The event will start in 5 seconds automatically. In case of a tie and a point, although the winner is the person who used the least amount, aim by sliding on the touch screen to move the target site on the top screen when the target lines up with the targeting site press the L button or R button t-shirt and we are already plugged in yeah so yeah let's proceed to the event accessible if you spend more time trying it out. So yeah, this is working quite well. Next up, Narnia. Let's see how well I can do this one or if I can do it at all. Oh, this is exciting. But what am I meant to be doing? Yeah, quite so. These days, so yeah. I'm guessing I just go along like this. I did watch this movie over Christmas, so I'm just trying to find my way through like that. Okay. Well, that is, that is accessible. And the next is actually one that really doesn't count towards the accessibility thing because I have actually tried it before and I have successfully played it before. But I'd just like to show how easy it is to play, just for anyone out there who wants to know. So now that I've said all that, let's jump straight into brain training. The only thing is with this one, you need to turn the DS on its side, which is slightly difficult, but yeah, that's what you can do with training. Right hand or right mouse in my case. As I always use a stylus on the right side of my mouse. And all we have to do is solve the problems. Hopefully I can get do this better with a proper stylus this time. And finally, now we're moving on to Super Mario Bros. 
This is one that I actually haven't been too sure about as far as accessibility goes. However, it's a win-win situation anyway, because even if I can't play it on the DS, you can get it for your phone and I can play it that way. So I'll try it on anyhow, and if I can't do it, then so be it. It's just not accessible and I'm able to play it on the phone game version anyway, which is at least something. Might look into that again later, but as you can tell, there are some problems in the fact that I can only press the buttons and then jumping over at the same time is slightly difficult. Might see if there's anything else we can do about that. But if there isn't, as I said, I already have the phone version anyway and I only paid literally a couple of P if I give even two pounds for the game anyway out of CEX. So it isn't really a bad thing anyway because I haven't wasted that much money. So let me ask, have you bought any of Nintendo's handheld consoles in the past? And if you did, how accessible did you find them? If you are a disabled gamer who was growing up at the same time as I was, were there any games you found more accessible than others? Or does this make you want to see about adapting a DS yourself and looking further into stuff like this as well as we look forward to making handheld gaming devices even more accessible, especially with how popular they are even today? Well, if you would like to pass on some of your thoughts, you can include them in a review wherever you're listening to this on, as well as via the contact pages over on my feeds, Reviews site, eltechreviews.co.uk, or on my other website, phoebelow.com. If you're interested in watching my videos that I upload to YouTube on accessible technology, you can find them by searching for PL Tech Reviews on YouTube. And please consider hitting subscribe if you'd like it. And if you'd like to see a couple of my accessible tourism reviews, as well as my film, TV, theatre reviews and political videos, you can find them by searching for Feedslow Journalism on YouTube and hitting subscribe to that if you like any of the stuff I do on there as well. You can also follow my other podcast, the Feeds Loud podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Radio Public, where you'll also get to hear everything that I cover on Feeds Loud Journalism and podcast form. 
And what's different about that is you often get some breaking tech news stuck in there as well. So it covers quite a lot of different topics. In the next episode, you're going to hear me reacting to some more Apple technology. That one being all about my thoughts on Apple's new Mac Mini and 14 inch and 16 inch M2 MacBook Pros. And in the episode that follows after that, you'll hear my thoughts on the second generation HomePod. But thanks for listening to this complete podcast episode the whole way through. And please consider following it if you like what I'm doing. And please also make sure to review it, especially with the podcast now making it into the charts on Apple Podcasts, although you can also review it wherever else you're listening to it on. I plan to update this podcast three times a week at the minute, but honestly, that could change later on because I'm trying to look for other bits of journalism work within the industry and also trying to get a couple other stories out on various other issues that are important to me. But yeah, I will try to make everything as regular as possible, even if I do have to change things around. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, or as it is now, Twitter X, as that has all recently changed, although the domain is still the same, you can find me by searching for at Feedslow, and my Instagram handle is the real Feedslow. You can also follow the Feedslow Tech Review site as well by just searching for it on WordPress. And the link for that will be in the episode notes or description, whatever you call it on different platforms. However, you can also follow the Twitter account for Feedslow Tech Reviews, which is at PLTech. Reviews on the Instagram and which is also PL Tech Reviews. But anyway, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you all in the next one. Bye!